0: george Addis. welcome to my show america can we talk today we're going to talk about the newsome recall vote and larry elder rising dr alveda king joins me and come summit with america can we talk of course i'll tell you why these stories matter to you stay tuned Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Well, Today in California, September 14th, is the actual election day on the mission, the move, to remove Governor Newsom. And then the vote, I will remind our listeners very quickly again how this works. There are two questions on the ballot. Number one is vote to remove Newsom or not. You vote yes or no. Yes, remove. No, don't. And then you have votes for a listing of people who are running to replace him. So the way the law works out there, if more than 50% of the voters say yes, remove him, then the top vote getter, among all the other choices, and I've lost track of the numbers in the 20s, I think, of people running, whoever is the top vote getter wins the race and becomes governor. That's how the system works out there. So there's a lot of pressure being built up on California voters. You had Kamala Harris out in California. You had President Biden. You had Barack Obama. I think you a television uh, ad, I'm not sure he went out there, but you have a lot of pressure being brought on California by the, the uh, national-level Democrats just saying to voters, don't you dare recall Newsom. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he even had Newsom had a little comment about how don't turn California into Texas, which is so funny because we're in the great state of Texas, and we're always saying don't turn Texas into California. But I want to make I don't know how it's going to come out. I will tell you that I have conservative friends in California who are involved in the effort to get this on the ballot, conservative friends who pushed it, who told me stories about how hard it was to get the California officials to acknowledge that they had enough signatures. So I know there is strong support for removal in some segments of the voters in California. And I know, of course, there are a lot of liberals in California who may like Newsom's policies, and so they're going to stick with him, uh, even if they're not 100% happy. So I don't claim to have a crystal ball to know how it's going to come out. But I will say this, number one, Part of what you've seen the left do in attacking Larry Elder—he is the by far the most popular uh, candidate among those trying to replace Newsom, the, among the people running to replace Newsom in case he's removed. Larry Elder is, you know, way up in the polls, and he's a long, a long-time revered uh, black conservative activist, a talk show host. He's a lawyer. He's smart guy, and he's spent years. Doing talk radio, which gives him, uh, it, I think, enhanced ability to talk about the issues, to understand the issues he's been talking about a long time. Very popular. But I want to point out what the left's opposition to him really shows you about the American left. There was an, we mentioned this last week, I think, there was a, an uh, LA Times ran an editorial piece. Now, so this, then, that, the newspaper chooses which editorials to run. They ran an editorial piece that basically said, you know, and called Larry Elder the black face of white supremacism. I mean, obviously absurd on its face. But when you read this uh, editorial with his, this author who is black, this one is black herself who wrote it, she's basically saying, Larry Elder dares to disagree with the common opinions led and and viewed by the black community. She tries to say, you know, the black community isn't monolithic, some are liberals or whatever, but, you know, the black community stands for this, wants this, doesn't want that, and so her assault on Larry Elder is. How dare he disagree with what she says the black community wants? What she's really talking about is what the Democrat Party wants. This is a ploy the Democrat Party has used for decades. If someone will not agree with them on any issue at all, they are vilified, maligned, and the victim of name-calling. If a black American will not agree with the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party is full of names they have thought up, not the Democrat, just the party, but leftist activists, leftist pundits. They will quickly assault black conservatives, calling them names. And it's not because the person did something wrong. They call them names because the person, the black conservative, dared to speak for himself or herself and say, you know, my opinion on whatever the issue is, you know, COVID policy, tax policy, uh, life and abortion, whatever the issue is. If a black conservative will not agree with the left, they are labeled by some ugly name. Now it's all just become white supremacism. It's just, And so this we got to the absurd point that you have a major American newspaper agreeing to run an article calling Larry Elder, an extraordinarily qualified candidate for governor, the black face of white supremacism. It actually undermines the whole leftist argument about white supremacism. Because all they really mean about white, when they say white supremacists but in many cases just is there's somebody out there who won't agree with us, and, that, and they're not allowed to disagree with us, they're not allowed to be viewed as valid, so we're going to attack them, we're going to call them white supremacists or some other name. And the only other point I want to make about this, and we'll talk about obviously the election we hope is decided tonight, I don't know, we'll probably talk about it again tomorrow. But The other point I want to make about this has to do with the election process. You likely saw the story just last week where police came upon a gentleman passed out in a car in a parking lot with 300 mail-in ballots in the car. So he's, I don't know if he had a problem with drugs or alcohol, whatever it was, but 300 mail-in ballots in his car, police say, oh, we're checking it out, don't worry, we'll figure it out. Well, you got to understand. This is so symbolic of the problem in California, and it is symbolic of what is going to happen, whatever the outcome of the election is, especially if Gavin Newsom wins, uh, stays in office, you know, the people vote down the recall uh, by a big majority. I'm gonna tell you, there'll be a lot of Californians who won't buy it, who won't believe it. They do not actually believe 60%, some polls are showing 60% want Gavin Newsom to stay. And I think a lot of Californians said, I don't think so. But whether it's true, whatever the numbers are, the problem in California and nationwide is if you don't fix the election integrity issues in America, then you don't have confidence, even after you hold an election, that the the, uh, actual outcome as dictated by the majority of votes is what's going to, to be ruled the winner. You just don't know. And California is the, I don't know if you should call it the ground zero or the, the pinnacle, but whatever it is, it is the source of the most egregious election fraud tactics, legitimate election fraud tactics in California, massive mail out ballots, practically outlawing any voter ID, never cleaning out the voter rolls, not only permitting, but actually agitating and encouraging for ballot harvesting where somebody shows up with, I don't know, hands, hands full of ballots. Oh, yeah, I swear I collected these from this uh, senior citizen center over here. They, they foment ballot harvesting. Every possible technique to enable vote fraud is not only legal in California, it is forced and celebrated. And we are now in Washington facing the uh, Congress trying to put all of those fraud-inducing tactics fraud enabling tactics in California make them into federal law. And this is with the outcome of that I will tell you temporarily, people in Cali- I mean the people who are pushing election fraud, the people who will never agree to clean out the voter rolls, the people who never agree that voter ID is is a good idea, the people that continue to foment fraudulent tactics like massive mail in ballots, they might think they won. It may be the case that in California, Governor Newsom holds on to his seat. And it may be that the people who foment and permit and agitate for these vote fraud tactics say, oh, good, we won. Look at that. We won. You know what? Uh, uh, and, and they think that the American people will never hold them accountable. They think that the American people can't do anything about it. The American people say, well, what are you going to do? You know, California allows all these, uh, these tactics that everyone knows lead to vote fraud, but we can't seem to change it. But I got to tell you, I don't think the American people are just going to permanently put up with it. My closing point in this first five is this, whatever the outcome is in California, if there's evidence of vote fraud, and there was some other evidence, people walking in to vote in, I think it was San Fernando Valley, and then and you know, on election day, which was today, or to early vote, and, they, and told, oh, sorry, you already voted last week, and they hadn't voted last week. Sometimes these things happen because the voter, uh, voting situation isn't perfect, but people are already very suspicious in America. People are already very aware of the massive election fraud in 2020. And if they see Gavin Newsom pulling out a win by 60%, I think you have a lot of voters saying, I don't think so, number one, and number two is you, I do not think the left is going to win the argument and just shut down the American conversation about election integrity just because they pull off another victory. I think people watching this and watching the election processes, the, the growing evidence coming out of election fraud, are not going to sit back and take it. They're not going to permit our elections to be corrupted in the way they were in 2020. There's going to have to be a reckoning. There's going to have to be adjustments in the election process in America to in, in order to restore the trust of the American people in the election system. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I mentioned at the start of the show, we have Dr. Alveda King joining us. And I got to tell you, she's just, uh, she's a remarkable woman. I, I will tell you, I think she was in Texas just a couple of days ago um, at an event, which I couldn't go to because we had another event we had to go to. Um, but she was here in Texas. She's an amazing activist. She is, as you likely know, um, she is the uh, niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, a longtime strong advocate for civil rights, for equality, for life and she is just an a, just endless warrior on all those topics. So I want to let all of you have a chance to meet her, say hello, and just talk about how she sees things, where we are in 2020, 2021, and what we do moving forward uh, to, to help our country heal. So I'm going
1: to welcome Dr. Abita King. Hi, everybody. Debbie, I'm so glad to join you. I only have a couple of minutes because I have another event to d- this evening, but I'm so glad and excited. I was listening to your first five minutes and the insight is just amazing. Everything that you're saying is true. I love your positive attitude. You say, well, things do happen even with voting. However, as they're happening, we need to be informed and make sure that our votes count.
0: Uh, Could not agree more. Could not agree more. And I have to say also that I think that in California, I think the left is especially concerned if Larry Elder were to win because it's such a bastion of Democrat rule. And if he wins that governor's seat, a lot changes. You agree?
1: I know Larry, and he's just telling the truth. And he's never been so focused on being a Democrat or a Republican or whatever, liberal conservative. He's just telling the truth about what's good for this nation. And it's interesting, he's an African-American man, of course, however, with us being one blood and human beings, one race, only one human race, we should not vote for skin color, but we should vote for truth and we should be enlightened, do our homework and vote really what's good for California in this case.
0: Thanks. Couldn't agree more. I, I, know, I know you said you only have a couple of minutes. I'd love to have you quickly tell our listeners you have a video out. We've linked it on our website, AmericanWeTalk.org, which you have a video about talking about critical race theory. You can just make your one point, your beginning point about rejecting the whole notion of critical race theory because of one race
1: there's one human race, one blood. Of course, the Bible says that of one blood, God made everybody. And then science agrees with that. As human beings, we're not separate races. We have different ethnicities based on culture, skin color, and things like that. They are not designed to divide us, but to just give us unique characteristics. Even if you really Christian or not, just look, there was a time in the history of humanity at the Tower of Babel, for example, the people were not divided because of skin color. It was by language. So ethnicity is skin color. There's one human race and one blood. So we have socially engineered a concept that this race has to get along with that race when there's only one human race. So there really is a critical race. It's called the human race. Love that. And I also want to ask you to tell
0: our listeners about you have a new organization, Speak for Life. You've been a very strong advocate for the pro-life
1: views. I'd love to have you tell our listeners about Speak for Life. Speakforlife.org. And it's from the womb to the tomb. It's not just about don't abort the babies. Of course, we want to have the babies have human dignity, civil rights, the right to be born, human rights, and all of that. Once the child is born, mama, daddy may need some help in raising the child. We wanna see that happen. And then another generation grows up, is allowed to be born. Life should be a civil right. And it begins at conception and it goes all the way to the tomb. And we really don't want any premature deaths by COVID or violence or wars or earthquakes and everything that happens to humanity so we're going to talk to young people the younger people who are being born and growing up as leaders already today they need to be able to understand what human dignity is to articulate it from the vantage point of civil rights human rights and human dignity love that too so people can donate to your organization speak for life is that right Speak for, F-O-R, speakforlife.org. You can donate and there'll be soon opportunities for you to volunteer and do other things as well. We're kind of new off the block. I've been pro-life since 1983, but this is life throughout the human experience. I love that. Dr. Alvita King, I know you have a busy schedule. I am very
0: grateful you had time to join me today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Debbie. Bye, everybody. Okay, folks. Uh, She's just a, um, you know, a a tremendous American. She's been active uh, really her whole life, very, very active in the civil rights movement and very active in bringing a fresh perspective. She's been very, we didn't have the time to get into her uh, views about how Black Lives Matter and critical race theory are so antithetical to what her uncle, Dr. Martin Luther King, was trying to tell America, the notion that we have... That his dream, his actual dream, was that his own children and everyone would be judged by the content of the character and not the color of their skin. So she just continues uh, that legacy. She's bringing, uh, she is actually a minister bringing Christian faith to, uh, spreading Christian faith. Uh, But she really is a, um, she's a gem of an American, gem of an American. So glad she was available. Well, I'm keeping the show a little bit short today. You may know that we have a summit coming up. And I want to tell you this a little bit more about this summit because you can still buy tickets. It's this coming Saturday, which is Saturday, September 18th. And I want to say a couple of things about it, and then I'm going to show you uh, again how to where you can get tickets and uh, who our speakers are. And I will tell you that I, some of the speakers I've been talking with the speakers as they're making their trips and plan in where they're going to stay and, and where the other places they've been speaking. And I just want to tell you a little bit more about why I think this summit is unique, and and we still do have some tickets left. I'd love to have you. A lot of us have gone to rallies. I mean, I've gone to a Trump rally. I've gone to other, you know, I've gone to political events. And you go to some events and you really kind of just, everyone there is already on the same page. And, and you have some, uh, you know, great and inspiring speakers, kind of slogans coming from the stage and an upbeat attitude. And, and, and it's great. And I love the They're the really uh, inspiring, they're reassuring. You feel like, okay, there are other people on the same page as I am. And then I've gone to very, very serious conferences where they have a very extended uh, set of remarks by someone who's uh, diving deeply into, for example, national security policy or tax policy. Um, I I love, I really get into understanding things more deeply and I love those conferences that are very, very substantive and you'll have a speaker who will talk for quite a while on on one topic and you really get depth, almost like a mini college um, class or mini-college you know, uh, seminar weekend or something. This summit is intended to be kind of between those two things, meaning that we have extraordinary speakers coming. I mean, really insightful, experienced in life on the issues they're talking about. And it's not going to be a rah-rah rally uh, feel, but it's also, it's a, it's, a, it's a time for serious conversation. I love the expression, it's time for patriotic thinkers. It's time for patriotic thinkers to understand the threats that face America, to see the threats that face America, hear about them from actually informed experts. And so you can yourself not just hold the opinion that, oh, yes, I think we have a really bad problem at the border, or oh, yes, I think China's a problem, or oh, yes, I think we really should adjust our COVID policy. You're going to hear from experts with with in-depth presentations, knowledgeable, ideas, knowledgeable explanations, ideas of what you can do to be part of saving America. This summit is just it is aligned with the mission of this show, America Can We Talk, which is all about preserving and saving America. That is the point of my show, is preserving the unique, extraordinary gift to the world that America is, the concepts that formed America all of the greatness of america that comes out of those concepts that's the point of this show and it's the point of this summit I want our speakers they're going to speak to you at a at a very um, thoughtful level so, so in-depth conversation opportunity for QA opportunity to interact with the speakers afterward we're having a happy hour afterward so it's it is a it's just a to me it, it fits the style of this show and the style of what I think people need because I think a lot of people can understand certain issues and they know they're Now, yeah, I'm, you know, strong, whatever, strong pro uh, secure border, or I'm really concerned of XYZ issue. But to be given substance, meat, depth, explanations, uh, just data points and information to help you it become uh, something you more deeply understand and believe, because what I really hope is that everyone who comes to our summit goes home and talks to their friends and their neighbors and their families and their church members and their tennis club members and their bridge club members, whoever it is, talk to your friends about preserving America. America really is at the precipice, at the edge of the cliff of whether or not we're going to lose this country. And I mean that which is not hyperbole. The American left is on the march toward a Marxist takeover of this country in the forms that we don't see as Marxists, they don't announce them as Marxists, they don't announce them as we're becoming totalitarian, they're just doing it. They're just doing it right before our eyes. So part of what I hope this this summit helps everyone see is that we're at a tremendously consequential period in American history. The need for the American people to recognize what is happening, to recognize the abandonment of the southern border isn't just about, you know, lackadaisical policy. It's not even really just about trying to get more people into America and and transform them into citizens so they'll vote for big democratic government. Oh, that is happening. It is a, it is a step along the way toward the uh, tyranny of globalism, the tyranny of the end of American sovereignty. We are facing big, big, big issues in this country, and that's what this summit is about. I'm going to hit, we're going to hit with our speakers the subject of what's happened in the UK. In fact, I'm going to ask Matt to put up our flyer so you can see our speakers. I sent uh, this to him. This is our final roster of speakers here. Um, we have um, Gordon Chang explain so much more about China you never knew, uh, Dr. Kelly Ward, chairman of the Arizona GOP, very on top of the Arizona uh, audit and election fraud efforts, Dr. Robin Armstrong in Houston, very fam- part of the America's frontline doctors, very familiar with the uh, policy challenges related to COVID. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, he is the uh, U.S. Air Force gentleman who was had a commander job position in the U.S. Space Force, and was relieved of his command for writing a book and talking about Marxism in the military. Uh, Victor Avila, an enormously consequential advocate for border security, a former border agent, has a tremendous life story. Uh, Katie Hopkins, who is a UK citizen, she's going to come and talk to us all about the idea of the United Kingdom and Western Europe has surrendered liberty and they may never get it back. She's here to say, don't do it here. And then you have Frank Gaffney in the center. He is a founder of the Center for Security Policy. Uh, been on my show many times. He is an extraordinary expert on national security and all sorts of issues related to national security, preserving America's safety. You have Seth Keschel, whose statistical analysis of voting patterns causes you to recognize that the November 2020 elections simply could not have been. What was the reported outcome is wildly inconsistent with what the uh, his statistical and, and uh, database study shows. He's on the subject of election integrity. You have uh, Z Van Fleet. She's a, um, an American mom who grew up in China under Mao Zedong. She's going to tell us all about cultural Marxism and critical race theory, and that critical race theory is just one vehicle toward Marxism. She did a video. She went to testify at a school board meeting in Virginia, and her her testimony was videoed. It went viral. She's going to be there. You have uh, Professor David Clements in the bottom left. Uh, he has become an enormous player in recent months, and he has a podcast, A Professor's Record, but he has been diving in depth, talking with the people, studying election fraud issues and studying um Covid issues. He's going to talk what well, he's understood. Tina Ramirez, the next person over. She's running for Congress, which is great. She's also a, a mom in Virginia who is advocating against critical race theory, and she can explain why. Jessica Vaughn. She's uh, she's a very highly placed person. In the Center for Immigration Studies, hugely aware of immigration policy. Dr. Douglas Frank uh, on the bottom near the on the bottom, toward the right. Dr. Douglas Frank is. Uh, I can't, his, let me just say this, what he's going to present alone, leaving everything else aside, what he's going to present alone, once you see what he is pointing out to you, and he's a you know, mathematical genius kind of guy, but he's going to put it in plain English. He's been on this show before and explained it, but you will conclude, anyone listening to him would have to conclude that the November 2020 elections were a complete fraud. Were a fraud. This is, we did not have... We did not just not only we didn't have a few mistakes and a few dead people got to vote by mistake. We had actually uh, Dr. Douglas Frank will show you massive and irrefutable proof of massive election fraud. And finally, Dr. Alvita King, who was just on the show today, is going to do a video in appearance with us at the conference. So. If you haven't gotten tickets yet, here Matt's going to put up the link to show you how to do that. We have a on our website uh, at the bottom of this page. You see events be That is the place to go. You go right to that home page. Obviously, that's a, that's a, to purchase tickets. You can still purchase tickets. Uh, you got a full day of just tremendous substance and a, a room filled with patriots. Thinking patriots who want to learn, who want to gather knowledge, who want to go out and share that knowledge. We also have our sponsors. We have a sponsor level uh, ticket you can purchase, and sponsors are invited to our Friday evening VIP reception. That is going to be a tremendous evening. Also, the evening before this coming Friday, September 17th, VIP reception for our sponsors and speakers. And all we need is you. We have sold a lot of tickets. We have more tickets to sell. We'd love to have you come. Now's the time to get on the on that website, events.americanbetalk.org. Get your tickets, come to this summit. I promise you, be very glad that you did. I close every show by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. And we only have one story we're going to hit with it with our slide today, and that is a nuisance recall vote and elder rising. And we'll know more about this tomorrow. Larry Elder took an overwhelming polling lead over all the other alternatives to Governor Newsom. The leftist race card goes wacko. Elder, a black American, is the black face of white supremacy. Aha. Uh-huh. Mail-in voting is being used. Abuse seems almost certain. Stories of voting irregularities already proliferating. Voters going to the polls for early voting and told their record show they've already voted maybe they need to canvass like we've been talking about in the show late polls there are late polls coming out oh yeah uh, you know 60% of californians going to vote to keep newsom there is no issue here so i think those polls are used to manipulate people late polls conditioning for acceptance of newsom's survival the california recall vote is crystallizing the fundamental need for election integrity will californians have confidence in the integrity of the recall vote result if little or no confidence in election results Democracy dies. And that, my very fine friends, is my show for today. This is America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I do this show to speak up for the most extraordinary and precious country ever to bless this earth, America. a country that is blessed from its founding with extraordinary ideas, rooted in the idea that each individual has rights from God and rights to live in freedom, and the purpose of government is to protect those rights. America is extraordinary and unique in all of human history, and the point of this show is to hold on to, inspire you to strive to hold on to America and preserve America and fight for its freedom and its future so that our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren can live in America that is free. This is why I do this show, Because America Matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?